Hi, I'm Rochelle Gray. Over the past 20 years, I have struggled with the symptoms of seasonal affective disorder, but now I think it's time for a change. Join me in my journey of discovery as I find ways to manage the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual symptoms of depression. You know, we all need someone who understands what we're going through. So I'm here reaching out to you, and I hope you'll follow along as I learn about the causes, the symptoms, and the treatments available for SAD. Get ready to learn something new and maybe even see yourself in a whole new light. Hey, how's your week been? Mine's been okay. Here in Nova Scotia, it's been really, really cold and I have been avoiding going outside. It's just basically keeping to myself. With the seasonal affective disorder, the depression just sort of settles in, makes you feel blah, just blah. You don't want to get up. You don't want to face the world. You don't want to do anything. But if you just get up and you make your bed and you brush your teeth and you talk to yourself and give yourself a pep talk and give yourself a high five and you still don't feel quite right, there's a lot of other things you can do. Me, I like to have a shower. I like to wash my hair, do a facial scrub, shave my legs, and when I get out, I moisturize with something that smells really nice, and I basically make myself feel as pretty as I can. And that does reflect back on my mind, and I have a better overall sense of well-being. Self-care is a lot more than that, though. It's not just about plucking your eyebrows or taking time out to relax. There's lots of different aspects to self-care. There's actually six different types of self-care. One of the most basic ones is practical. It's something that teaches you something or helps you prevent stress in the future. You might spend your Sundays planning out your meals for the week. Maybe you become really motivated and you decide to organize your closet. Or you take a course, a business course or a writing course. You could plan your garden. I like to look through seeding catalogs and order my seeds and plan out my garden. Sometimes I'll even sketch it out. One of my things that I did when COVID first started was I went through all my magazines and cut out all the recipes that I wanted to try. And I put them all in one of those photo albums where you peel the pages back and you can stick recipes in there so that they're all protected from messes that I make in the kitchen. The point of these practical things is that you're removing potential problems in the future, such as your messy closet or not knowing what to eat on any given day of the week. And you're occupying your mind. By focusing your attention on something, you are taking your mind off of the blah feeling that you're having and you're allowing yourself to forget about the world. That's the practical self-care. There's also social self-care. These are the things that will nurture relationships with people in your life. Maybe plan a lunch with your friend or if you can't go out and do it, plan a Zoom lunch. Each make your own and meet online and have your lunch and chit chat like you would if you were in a restaurant, or even better, get together and make your lunches together. I'm making my sandwiches, she's making her soup, and we're chatting while we're doing it. Of course, you could always call somebody, or you could join a club, even online clubs, book clubs, photography clubs, things that get you in contact with other people, things that allow you to see other views and participate in different things. You could always write a letter. Letters have gone by the wayside and people are always doing emails. Why not get out your papers and your pens and some 
pretty stationary or get some scrapbooking stuff and make your own cards and send them out to people just to let them know that you're thinking about them and that you are wanting to let them know that you care. You can also care for yourself physically. And this is what most people think when they think about self-care, eating right, drinking your water, getting exercise, things that will improve your physical health. Some of the other things that we do to take care of ourselves are emotional. Things like actually visiting a therapist and talking about your feelings or journaling. Journaling is really important and it's a really good way to deal with the feelings and thoughts that are in your mind. Putting them down on paper makes them real and allows for you to read through them and sort through them and figure out where they're coming from and why you're thinking those things. Now, me personally, I am not a journaling person in that in the morning, I tend to journal encouragement. I will write myself a letter. I'll say, hey, Rochelle, you know, yesterday might have been a crappy day, but today's going to be a better day and can't let things get you down. And every moment that you're alive is another opportunity to create a whole new world. So get out there and do some amazing things. And that's my morning journaling. It really helps me, pushes me forward and lets me feel like I'm giving myself that pep talk. It's actually very interesting because I can go back and read these things like days and weeks and months later and see all the encouragement I gave myself. And sometimes I can just sit down and read through the whole thing just to allow myself to see that I can be a positive person (laughs) because I wrote it down in real life. Other people like to journal in the evening. And I find that's difficult because I end up thinking about all the things that I wanted to do that day and that I didn't get done. So what I do for myself is in the morning, I do my encouragement journaling. And in the evening, I do my reflection journaling. And I focus on finding three things that I did that I accomplished. Three things that were victories. Three things that I can celebrate that I did that day. Sometimes they might be simple. They might be things like, I got out of bed and in a shower today. I took the time to do my hair. I vacuumed the house. Anything that I struggle to do when I'm depressed. Other times it could be a real success where I got out and talked to some people. Recently, I joined a new online group. And last night, my journaling was all about how I'm excited that I'm pushing myself outside of my normal small group of people. I'm putting myself out there and talking about myself. So journaling can be a really beneficial thing, especially putting it in writing and being able to look back at it and to say, three weeks ago, I was celebrating the fact that I got out of bed and now I'm celebrating the fact that I'm talking to people. It's always interesting to look at your journals, whether it's a little small thing that you're proud you did or it's something huge. Celebrating and acknowledging your successes is a great way to help deal with depression. A lot of self-care is all about the mental aspect, things that stimulate your mind, things that help you deal with your emotions. Mental self-care can be as simple as reading a book or doing a crossword puzzle or a jigsaw puzzle or playing a game or going to the museum or listening to music. Things that occupy your mind and make you feel at peace. It takes away the stress. It stimulates your brain and it just helps take your focus off of the depression. Now, the biggest thing that I find and the number one thing most people think of when it's self-care is the spiritualness, the things that help nurture your spirit and helps you think bigger than yourself, that there's more to the world than just you. For some people, that's religion, going to church or praying. 
A lot of people are using meditation to center their minds and focus. I personally like to be out in nature. I find that when I am in nature, I feel like I'm part of something bigger than myself. Except for going to the ocean. I'm a flatlander. I was born in Alberta. I grew up on the prairies. Being here in Nova Scotia, even now, after all these years, when I go to the ocean, most days that I go, it's a gray sky, it's gray water, it's gray rocks. Everything seems to be gray, and it makes me feel very small and very insignificant. I honestly don't connect with the ocean, but I do connect with the lakes. Just being able to see all of the plants and the sparkling on the water and the animals. I live on a lake. It's a small lake. My husband can knock golf balls across the lake onto the highway on the other side. So it's not a very big lake. But I see ospreys splashing down for fish. And I've seen otters come in the fall to fatten up on the carp. We've had cormorants sitting on the rocks with their wings out. We had a beaver one year that made a den under our dock. We named him Justin Beaver. All the kids in the neighborhood would come and check and see if Justin was out there munching on the apples from the apple tree. That kind of connection with nature just makes me feel like we're important, that we're part of something. But the ocean for me, you know, some people love it, but for me, it's just, oh, I feel so insignificant when I'm sitting there and just, I don't know why. I just feel like I've forgotten. But anyway, a lot of self-care is a combination of all these things, a combination of uh, the physical, the practical, the social the emotional, the mental, the spiritual, everything combined is part of self-care. I like to create different kits and different little, I call them kits, but really they're just a box with some stuff in it that I can go to when I'm feeling blah. I've mentioned before about making a list. When you're feeling really good and you're having a good day, write a list of things that you like to do, whether it's going for a walk or working in the garden or knitting or crocheting socks or doing yoga singing to your favorite musical, whatever it is, write it down, keep the list posted somewhere in your bedroom, maybe on the inside of a closet door or on your mirror. And the days where you're just kind of sitting there and you're feeling like you just are never going to be happy, pick something off the list and do it. And if you have these little kits put together like I do, you'll find that it's quite easy to get into these things. For example, a foot care kit. Put together a bucket or a pan with some foot soak, maybe a pumice stone to get rid of calluses, some nice moisturizing lotion, maybe some nail polish, so that when you're feeling blah, you can just grab that container and you can fill it full of water and you can soak your feet and scrub all your little calluses off and do your nails. This was always something that I did when I worked out in the field as a landscaper. You have to wear those big, hot, steel-toed boots all the time. But I always knew that inside my boots were some really pretty toes. And it always made me feel a little bit like I had a little secret. It's like wearing fancy underwear. You know it's there. Nobody else does. But it makes you feel good. That's how painted toenails make me feel. Giving myself a pedicure and making a part of me beautiful, even if nobody can see it. When I take off those boots at the end of the day and my feet are so achy, I can look at my toes and wiggle them and say, I looked like this all day and nobody knew. I was surrounded by men who swear a lot and I had pretty toes. (laughs) Anyway, that's just me. I get a kick out of having those little secrets. Another thing that I love to do is having a reading escape. Everybody has a book. 
For me, it's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Wrinkled in Time. Those kind of books that you read in grade school, they're fun. They have more meaning than just the stories. The Harry Potter books are like that. Creating a little box that you can grab when you're feeling blah that has your book in there and maybe a blanket or some comfy socks or slippers, maybe a magic bag or a heating pad that you can warm up and tuck in while you're reading, a candle, a soy candle. Don't go with the paraffin candles. Paraffin is made from petroleum products, and it's just like burning gasoline in your house. The soot that is created by a paraffin candle is carcinogenic. Go for soy candles scented with essential oils, and just keep the toxins down. If you're reading a book to relax, there's no point poisoning yourself while you're doing it. And yeah, maybe some tea or a hot chocolate, things that you enjoy. They're little treats that you have. And then you can just grab your box and you can cuddle up in a corner and you can read your childhood book or watch a movie, do whatever it is that makes you feel good. Something that you've written on your list. Another one for me is coloring, adult coloring books. Adult coloring books are not pornographic. I always thought they were when I first heard about them. People were like, oh, I have adult coloring books. And all I could think was the Karma Sutra in black and white that you're supposed to color. And I mean, how many colors of flesh tone crayons can one box have? I could never figure it out. But then when I actually saw what an adult coloring book was, it made sense. And once I tried, I got kind of addicted. And now I have pencils and markers and different coloring books that have words in them that are, you can do this and life is wonderful and you are amazing and you are beautiful. Sometimes if I really like them, I'll stick them on my wall here in my studio to add a little inspiration. It's an escape from feeling so horrible. Now, I want to mention something that I've learned recently that I find fascinating, and that is that one of the best things you can do for yourself when you're feeling depressed is have a shower, not a bath. A lot of people say, you know, have a nice bubble bath, get some candles, spoil yourself. But the thing about a shower is that the moving water creates negative ions in the air And negative ions have been shown to increase serotonin in your brain and improve oxygen transport through your blood system into your brain, which can improve alertness and relieve depression, especially with SAD. It also can clean and disinfect the air. If you think about a city where there's pollution and free radicals are floating around, there's toxins, we're inundated with electronics that have blue light, there's pollution in the air, all those things produce positive ions, which do the opposite. They pollute your body. Whereas if you go out to a waterfall or even out in nature when you're around a lot of plants and moisture, negative ions are created, which are beneficial to your body and help you actually fight depression. So nature equals negative ions. So nature is good. Negative is good. Pollution, positive ions, bad. So you're always looking for a place to be where there is moving water or plants So if you go out in a rain shower, walking in the woods, you're looking at one of the ideal things to do when you're feeling depressed. It's been shown that Niagara Falls, with all those waterfalls, has one of the highest concentrations of negative ions in one spot in the world. And in your home, your bathroom actually has the highest concentration of negative ions. You've got running water in the sink, you've got moving water in the toilet, you've got showers all creating negative ions. So you really want to take some time to have a shower. A shower will wake you up. A bath will put you to sleep. There has been some talk too about whether a cold shower or a hot shower. There's all kinds of research on the benefits of both. And it's really your own preference. 
Negative ions will be more prevalent if your shower is on the cooler side, not freezing cold, but less than 20 degrees Celsius. But if you love a hot shower, you're still going to get some of the benefits from negative ions that are produced. I just want to make it as a special little note on the end here. Just because you're taking care of yourself doesn't mean you can't help other people while you're doing some self-care. I mentioned earlier about making cards. You get some benefit from creating these cards and making them unique and special for each friend. And then you send them to your friends and you're actually promoting wellness in them by sending them a special message. You could do other things. If you like to bake, well, why not make cupcakes or cookies or something and take them to a friend with lots of kids. They will appreciate a treat. You can even take them to a local shelter or a soup kitchen so they can add them to the lunch bags that they give out. A little plastic bag with a couple of cookies in it is always a special treat. If you're really good with your hands and you like to knit or crochet, why not spend a few days knitting some socks or some mittens or some hats and take them down to a local shelter. When I was younger, we used to knit these tiny little finger puppets and then we'd embroider silly little faces and hair on them. And the finger puppets would go to the children's hospital for when they would get their fingers pricked to test their blood and their blood sugar. They'd get one of these little finger puppets to put on the fingers and it would make them feel better. There's all kinds of things that you can do that can benefit your own self-care, but it can also promote happiness and positive feelings in other people. Sometimes you have to be a little bit creative and think outside the box just to try to figure out ways that you can help other people feel happy. Because helping others is a really easy way to make yourself feel better. You're not doing it to brag about it. You're doing it just because, well, for me, I describe it as it makes my heart smile. When I see people who are happy because I've baked them a cake or sent them flowers or sent them a card, wrote them a letter, sent them a copy of a favorite song of mine that reminds me of them when I hear it. When I talk to them and they say how much they appreciate it, it makes me happy. It's important. There's other people out there too who are feeling bad and are feeling down or maybe they've lost someone recently or they're alone or maybe they lost a pet. There's so many people hurting out there that you just don't really know about. And all you really need to do is to share with them. And if you take some of that self-care time and you make those things to share with others, you're just making the world a better place, not just for yourself, but everybody else. Self-care is really about distracting your mind. It's about reducing the stress in your life. It's about reducing your worry. It's about reducing how you feel about the stress. It's taking your mind off things so that you're focused on what it is you're doing right now at the moment. And that's what this podcast is for me. I don't really think about anything when I'm sitting here talking to you. I just talk. And if it comes out of my mouth and I don't like it, I can always edit it out because I have the power. Anyway, I hope that some of the things I talked about and some of the self-care options can help you. Remember to sit down and make that list. Try to stay positive. Don't focus too far ahead. Don't get that dreaded feeling of what's going to happen down the road. Focus on the now. Be present. And if you're feeling bad, you're normal. You're just a normal person who is having a bad time. You just need to do something that makes your heart smile. It's really important to reach out to others when you're feeling bad. So don't be afraid to contact me. Don't be afraid to ask some questions. And just remember, you don't have to be sad by yourself. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, 
please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. And don't forget to subscribe. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Rochelle Gregg or on Facebook at Rochelle Gregg. Thanks again, and I hope to see you next time.